Welcome to First Time Lord. I'm Daniel Levane, and as the title of the podcast implies, I am a first-timer in that I had never seen Doctor Who until I started this podcast, and now, of course, I can't stop. It's an amazing show, and I get super excited because every week I get to sit down and watch a new episode and then talk about it with somebody that knows a about these episodes and about Doctor Who so much more than I currently do. And I can't wait to have all of their knowledge imparted onto me. So this week, I'm going to be sharing the episode Partners in Crime with my partner in crime, my first timer with me, and that he was on the first episode and has been on the first episode of every series since. And that is the amazingly talented and dear friend, Eric Sweetman. Hey, good to be here. <laughs> Welcome back, sir, to what is now officially tradition, I think, right? More than three yeah, yeah. makes it uh, an established uh, tradition. It's not just a habit, it's now tradition. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tibia. <laughs> <laughs> You know, little little uh, little little classic Broadway for you there. A little classic Broadway. <laughs> we appreciate it. Since there's no apparent Shakespeare this series, uh, we'll we have to introduce the theater in other ways. That, yeah, of course. Dear listener, if uh, if you have not already, uh, this would be a perfect reminder in time for you to pause the podcast and go watch Partners in Crime because, unfortunately. We are going to spoil it as we go on to discuss this episode and to discuss the ins and outs of it and to really get all of it out as we possibly can because we are starting a new series, which means new mysteries, new storylines, new companions. So, new uh, alien uh, adversaries. And new alien adversaries, which uh, sounds uh, ominous. Uh, So (laughs) thank you, dear listener, for paying attention. By the way, if you haven't already, swing on by to firsttimelord.com and leave a comment. Let us know what you're thinking of the show. Uh, We greatly appreciate it. So let's, let's start with the fact that he, the doctor, seems to be like around but not quite aware of the fact that he's around the bride (laughs) yeah i thought it was brilliant with the way this thing sets up where they are uh you have both uh the doctor and donna pursuing almost the exact same line of inquiry about this mysterious uh incredible weight loss system that is going uh has been founded in london and they just keep missing seeing each other. Yeah, you know, they like one would pop their head up, then get down. The other one would pop their head up. Yeah, you know, it was just such a a clever way of having these these characters that you know have history. If you watched the Christmas episode from two seasons ago, the you, Christmas episode entitled "The Runaway Bride." The Runaway Bride. Yes, <laughs> if, uh, you would get to know that they've. They know each other, and you're wondering, what is Donna doing? Because this wasn't her job before. Well, she she worked unaware of who she worked for. She was ultimately working for the Torchwood Institute. Right. 
but like what her focus is has always been very uh, narrow. You know, she, she has always been such an egocentric character that for her to be aware of anything beyond the greater uh, Donna world is, you know, that never happened until she met the doctor and got to see what the possibilities were. As the doctor said, that bigger picture, Donna, you keep missing it. <laughs> exactly. So this is a chance for uh, her to having not gone with the doctor before, you know, having just gotten out of that. Um, and really the show, it was supposed to be a one-off anyway. Instead, she's, she's back. She's, she's here and wants to be going and seeing more of the crazy stuff with the doctor. She's actually proactively searching him out, trying to see if they, by looking at the weird and unusual things in London, that the doctor would just happen to cross paths with her. And it actually works. <laughs> and it, it, it seems like the doctor is like the easiest person to find if you know what, where to look. Yeah. Because at this point, you know, we had the, the kid from love and monsters be able to track him down. Uh, you know, uh, we, we've definitely seen captain Jack uh, track him down, you know, now, Twice, once for the first time, uh, not really knowing who he was. The second time, specifically knowing who he was and knowing how to find him. Uh, Grabbing a hold of the TARDIS on the outside as it went through <laughs> right. time and space. Yeah, that's commitment. <laughs> Wasn't that what uh, uh, Napoleon Bonaparte did in the Bill and Ted movies? <laughs> Didn't Napoleon well, like accidentally but... fall through? <laughs> I'd say it's been a long time since I've seen it, but very likely. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, Jack Harness and Napoleon Bonaparte, some similarities. Yeah, yeah. But I <laughs> loved how uh, the, the, the duality of what was happening, clearly, because it, it's telling us the greater story of this weight loss company. Uh, and I forget the, 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 the name of the company or the name of the product. What is Adipose. It? Adipose. A Adipose. Uh, Which means fat. Yeah, that's that's the scientific name for fat tissue. And I did not know that. Yeah, and the name of the aliens themselves. So they are the adipose. They are they are the adipose, and they are made out of adipose. So that's fantastic. Um, but I I loved how they they, they introduced that duality, uh, and that they're both clearly investigating at the same time. But there is that really sad sequence where we see the doctor in the TARDIS and he's, well, he's basically about to have a conversation with his companion and instead this happens. Oh, fascinating. Seems to be a bioflip digital stitch specifically for... And that's so sad because he looks up and there's this empty TARDIS just sitting there and the camera yeah, keeps no panning out and it's just yeah. the sounds of the TARDIS and you're like, wow, that's just talk about no Rose, impactful. No Martha. Right. Nobody. No, nobody from the Titanic. Nobody from, yeah, yeah nobody from <laughs> anywhere. No, none yeah. of the people that have, you know, joined him in other adventures. Uh, and he catches himself, and it was it was just 
it was a moment that really kind of, you know, drove the point home that he is back alone. Uh, so, and it's interesting because the last time he was left alone, uh, not by her choice, but Rose being trapped on the other side of the, the rift, the portal, whatever, you know, in that stuck in that alternate dimension. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden he's, you know, alone again and he meets the same person, the runaway bride. And, yeah. you know, the first time it was because of her involvement in Torchwood and all the chemicals and stuff that they have put into her body. This time is through her own volition. Like you said, she sought him out uh, because while she thought she didn't want or couldn't handle the type of life that the doctor offered her, she realized the moment he was gone or, you know, when it was too late that she couldn't go back to that normal world. She, she had to, she knew too much and that knowledge was detrimental and that's what caused her to, to look for him. Um, which is interesting because we, we've had a couple of other characters sort of react in that manner to the doctor before. Yeah, and in this case, we get to see a little bit about her home life as well. You know, this is something that we weren't introduced to earlier. Mm-hmm. So seeing her relationship with her mother, it is not the uh, supportive relationship that uh, Rose got from her mother or the uh, the whole family dynamic that Martha has. This is, um, like, no matter what the awakening was that Donna got when she w- spent the time with the doctor before, some people in her life don't want her to, or won't see her awakening. They just see this... Uh, um, the same selfish person that she was before, and then they're blaming her. It's like, oh, well, your marriage fell apart. We don't know why your your wedding never happened, but uh, you know something is obviously your fault. Something is, you know, something. Right. You, you're he, looking he for a job, away. but you're not looking for a job. You're right. you, know, you walked away from a job when you had the job. Like, uh, I I love the 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 reaction uh, when she goes to see her grandfather up on the hill. Uh, and he just immediately like opens up the conversation with she nagging you. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, and Oh yeah. What I love, what I love is that her grandfather, we've seen him before. He has been around for uh, earlier episodes because this, his name's Wilf and Wilf is the, uh, the guy who runs the newspaper stand, you know, works in the newspaper stand that, has been there uh, when some of these big events have happened. You know, like he, he's, he's been in a couple of the uh, uh, Christmas episodes. You know, he's, he's just been a reoccurring character without any actual identity. Nobody's worried about him until mm. now we get to see who he is as, as his life interacts with some of their other lives. It's great. I love Wolf. I think he's just such a heartwarming, wonderful old geezer. <laughs> I I did not realize that he is the same character. I I just I I guess I didn't connect those dots um, that he's appeared well, was, in some of those other other episodes. Yeah, there's like uh, some reason for it because they had been filming this, and um, there was an actor who was uh, supposed to be Donna's father, 
and the I forget the actor's name, but he was uh, well known, um, had a good career, but also was dying of cancer. Mm. And his passing, after filming some of this stuff, his passing is like we need to replace him, but we don't want to replace him as her father. We need to replace, you know, that role with something else. And um, they had remembered the uh, the good working relationship they had with this, uh, with the man who plays Wolf. And it's like, yeah, we'll bring him in. He'll be the grandfather. We can do this. This will be this will be good. And it really was. I mean, it's it's you know, it's sad that the other person passed, but um, it left a, a really fun character that you will see um, continue to be there during this whole series because he is so good. You just love Wilf by the end of this. Uh, he was such a lovely character. Her moment with him uh, where he's like, well, go look for this man. Uh, yeah. and, and she goes, it humanized I am. Her in a way. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. I am looking for this man. Um, you know, cause it, 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 and it was interesting because he he kind of emphasized the the idea that is like you know maybe this is a romantic interest that she's looking for. Uh, I know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and of course it wasn't. But uh, you know, getting getting to the crux of the episode, um, not much there other than these cute little uh, fat creatures that are coming out of people and. In certain cases, causing people to just completely de-evolve or dissolve into these little, uh, what what were they called again? The adipose. The adipose. These cute little adiposes walking around. Uh, I mean, I I could use a few of those, uh, you know, at least 30 of those. If each one is a kilo, I can use about 30 of them, you know, to, to get out of my body. <laughs> I could do with a fair number as well, but I do have one of these. You know, they uh, when this episode had had come, the uh, the marketing campaign with uh, with uh, Doctor Who jumped on it, and it's like, okay, cool. He, we are selling plush adipose, so I have one. That's cute. Yeah, it's pretty adorable. <laughs> um, but uh, um, what I think. Like, you're right, this episode doesn't have a whole lot going on with it, except some brilliant interaction between the Doctor and Donna. Specifically, probably one of my favorite scenes in the entire run of the Doctor Who series in general is that silent mouthing to each other (laughs) when they see each other from past two different sets of windows donna's inside the building and looking through the little window there and the, the doctor is on a uh window washing uh rack thing whatever mm-hmm. it is that's outside the building looking through that window they see each other and they just uh like she's so excited she, oh my god and you you can hear her <laughs> even though she's not saying you can't there's no uh no noise in it but the mouth you could tell what she's saying so clearly such a funny funny interaction and then after a bit they look and they see that they uh the bad guys are looking at them like <laughs> are we interrupting <laughs> yeah. That, yeah i mean it's so brilliantly funny 
Hey, I, that's one of the things that I really love about Doctor Who is that just when you're not expecting it, it gets profoundly silly uh, because that is a, a, a ridiculously silly moment, but it's such a cool moment. It's such a funny moment that absolutely, like, yeah, you, you could see it happening. It doesn't feel like this, you know, a contrived moment or this forced situation. Uh, no, that's exactly what you felt the moment would be. And just when you're like, wow, they've been doing this for a while. I wonder what's happening in the room. And they're like, I- I'm sorry. Are we interrupting you? <laughs> you know, like, it just, it's perfect. It's exactly yeah. what I've come to expect from the doctor from, from its comedy. Uh, and- yeah, well, you get, you get uh, David Tennant, who is a very funny actor, but you also have, this is Catherine Tate. She is a, extremely well-known comic actress right. and comedian. And so, my goodness, the timing on this, the everything about it was really well done. <laughs> and so and the fact that the laugh line goes to the villain. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. <know? laughs> it's like all of that in the laugh line ends with the villain. So mm-hmm. it was fantastic. And, and speaking of the villain, uh, weird, uh, you know, I, I thought she was going to be a little more menacing than she turned out to be, you know, because, <laughs> she all of a sudden she she produces a sonic uh device herself you know mm-hmm. she seems to have everything under control uh and it turns out she's just an intergalactic mary poppins from hell because <laughs> yeah. she, yeah. she's an evil mary poppins from you know space <laughs> yeah you know it's like these are not her children but she is causing them to come into existence for the alien parents that are coming, you know, the, the adipose royal family is on their way to collect. Mm-hmm. And um, so this, the, the idea of harvesting fat from people, you know, yes, it's a great idea. It's like, if you're not doing it too aggressively, this would be perfect. But because <laughs> I think they went to the wrong country for that, by the way. Well, that's pretty close. I mean, you go to England or you come to America, you've got excellent amount of raw material to be playing with. Yeah, um, I, I think they would have harvested a lot more oh, uh, sure adipose that. children uh, from the United States. And <laughs> since the doctor doesn't come over here that often, they could have gotten away with it for a lot longer. It's true. Yeah, I mean, even... He only seems to come to America when the Daleks are here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, but uh, like all the time in space, and he spends most of it in England. Well, that yeah, seems to whatever. be the center of that universe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, let's face it: most of the Marvel stuff takes place in America because we're, yeah, we're we're rather selfish about our comic characters. Our, you know, our fantasy, our science fiction, all of this stuff takes place in the states. Most Marvel superheroes are based in New York City. I was going to say, most of it is based in one city. (laughs) Yeah, because that's where the people who created it are from. They know their city. So the uh, English folks who are creating Doctor Who know their country, know their city. So it's London, or in the case of like Torchwood, it's Wales. It's, It's Cardiff. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, but uh um yeah, I just I I really I really really enjoyed this episode. You know, it has little to do with the alien um fat characters. It doesn't, you know, it has <laughs> it, it they're they're 
they're harmless. They're cute. You know, they, yeah, they, they, they themselves aren't causing any harm. You know, yeah. like the doctor says, it's not their fault that they're being they're harvested. <laughs> you know, they're yeah, babies. They, they're cute. And, and so, you know, it, it's, I think it's the, just as simple of a storyline as you can get in order to reestablish the real question of like, here's Donna. She's found the doctor. She's, imposing her will upon the doctor then the question becomes will the doctor bring her on mm. having already encountered her earlier having gotten to see what kind of personality she was and maybe feeling like he you know dodged a bullet but now she's going well you invited me and now i want to do this and it's like well, and is I, he okay with it? I I love how uh, as that invitation you know comes out, uh, he kind of expresses a little bit of his concern, uh, and he actually says, "The last time with Martha, like I said, it it got complicated. And that was all my fault." I mean, that's that's a big deal for him to admit that he kind of mucked up the relationship with Martha because he did, you know, he did let her on. He did, you know, sort of toy with her. Uh, and ultimately, that's the that's the reason Martha just couldn't keep going with him is she loved him so much, but she knew that he just could not and would not reciprocate and would always be second banana to the specter of this other companion that he had that clearly left a, a bigger impact in in him uh, in, in the name of Rose. So, you know, yeah. I, I thought that showed an immense amount of growth um, that it was it was great to see. And, and even, you know, there, there was an earlier moment where uh, where Donna actually points out the fact that Martha has done him good because the first time Donna saw him, he was, he was definitely trending towards the darker side of his impulses, you know, annihilating all the, the, the spider babies that were coming out of the center of the earth. And Donna saw that and, and was not at all, you know, <laughs> thrilled with that idea and, and commented to the fact that, you know, you, you better find somebody cause you're not good alone. And so now that she sees him on the other side of that relationship, you know, I think Martha did do him a lot of good. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was good to see him express resentment or not resentment, uh, express uh, regret for his actions and what ultimately caused Martha to, to bail on him. Yeah. But, uh, the what what's funny is that as he explains to Donna that all he's looking for is a friend in that uh wonderful British idiom, there's a little bit of confusion. Uh and what she hears is You just want two mates. I just want a mate. You're not mate with me, sunshine. A mate. I want a mate. Well, just as well, because I'm not having any of that nonsense. I mean, you're just a long streak of nothing. 
<laughs> I love that. You are a long streak of nothing. <laughs> yeah, I have. I, I think it's funny that as we're you know having the conversation, you had that all ready to pull up. You know, it's like once I start talking about that, it's like, oh yeah, here's this. Boom, you are prepared. I, I was prepared because those I, I love that moment. I love the earnestness that comes from it and then the immediate comedy that comes out of it from I want a mate. And she's like, You want a mate with me, skinny boy? No way. <laughs> no way, sunshine. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like that that kind of uh um aggressive, harsh attitude. She's just so funny. She is so funny. And yet you hate her at first. I know I did when I first saw her in the, uh, um, in that Christmas episode, she was just so unpleasant as a runaway bride. And yeah, she like, I could see both, like I could see how uh, not great of a person she was, or maybe not great of a state of mind that she was in. She was very sort of self-involved and sort of captured in her own world. Um, but at the same time, it was a little disappointing when, uh, when she turned the doctor down. Uh, yeah. So it was good to all of a sudden see her in this scenario where she's like, I'm sorry, I should have gone with you. And now I want to go with you. And their relationship is very clear before she even sets foot in the TARDIS or before, I guess, he loads her luggage in the TARDIS. <laughs> you know, the, it, it is abundantly clear. And he is stating it, which is wonderful because, you know, he didn't make that clear with Martha and it led to all sorts of uh, misunderstandings. And here he's like, I don't want to be alone. But I'm not looking for a romance. I'm looking for a friend. I'm looking for somebody to be a friend to and with. Uh, and she's like, if that's all you want, hell yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think we will, like, you know, I know what's coming because, yeah, I've seen the stuff. And I think you will. That's why you're enjoy, the expert. Yeah. You will enjoy this. As the the next season goes by, you will be able to really see how her character grows and suddenly changes and becomes truly amazing. And I, you know, this is something that I am so excited for you to to be able to go into with these these fresh eyes to just see uh, see it as it comes because it's it's one of the more unusual relationships in television history as far as i'm concerned you know this 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 is going to be fun (laughs) it it was definitely not the person i thought would end up with the doctor uh Mm because very early in this episode when he's in the office of the uh in the office building doing his own investigation before he runs into donna uh and he does his usual you know flashing the the psychic paper and there's that girl that kind of hits on him he's like here's my number you can be health i'll be safety uh (laughs) and i'm like oh man is this is he gonna get into another one of these weird like relationships uh and i'm glad to see that he's not i'm glad to see him expressing his emotions and being clear with the people that he is with uh on what his intentions are and what his needs are um, which is wonderful. Like that's such a wonderful thing for the doctor to to be. Uh, so it made me very happy, and it made me happy 
to see him and with somebody that clearly wants to go adventuring with him but has no romantic entanglements with him, at least as of yet. Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, the, that's it for uh, my uh, comments uh, slash uh, queries. Uh, did, did I miss anything from this episode that will come back uh, in some way, shape, or form? Well, shockingly, you did not mention the... Uh... Um, the surprising bit towards the oh, end of the well, episode. We're, we're going to talk about that in a minute. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I left that because it is a, it's a big cliffhanger, clearly. Oh, it is. Uh, and it becomes something that is quite important as the, uh, the season uh, oh, uh, continues. I, I, I figured, but uh, outside of that giant thing that we're not going to talk about just yet, did I miss anything <laughs> else? Um, let's see here. No, nothing that I can think of that's particularly important. There's a, was a bit of, um, some references or some, something that I was remembering when I watched it. It's like, oh, this should be something. But of course I don't write down notes to be able to say, oh yeah, let's talk about this part. <laughs> um, one thing I will say is that the, uh, the theme music, the, the, uh, the score that was going on in this, um, one of my favorite uh, instrumental music pieces is A Noble Girl About Town, which is how this episode started. That fun little boppy, almost like 60s flavor mm. uh, music that's going on at the beginning of the show. It's That's just Donna's theme right there. And it's just a wonderful little piece of, uh, of, of music that they wrote for, for the show. I'll, I'll have to... I'll have to listen back to the episode just for the music. Yeah. I, I caught yeah, that the, the beginning music, the theme music, as it were, was a little different, which was interesting. Yeah, it, it evolves. Um, every so often it'll evolve just a, a little bump. You know, it's, uh, usually it's when there's a, a new doctor coming in, but even with a new companion, they, uh, they change things just slightly. You know, at least it's not the... Uh, um, the sound of the original 1960s music itself <laughs> that was uh, kind of rough, but yeah, the, the big orchestra yeah, just the, starts playing with things. It, 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 that, I, I definitely noticed that, and I've, I've had a, the pleasure. It's been pointed out to me, I think John pointed it out uh, during Series 2, that there was a slight change in the arrangement. Um, so I've become a little more adept at picking that up and, and making a, a point to listen to the sounds uh so uh, i'll, I'll yeah. definitely have to go back and, yeah. and pay attention to the music at the beginning of the episode yeah i think that the uh the leader the director of the orchestra might have changed hands and so mm. this would be a new composer a new person in charge bringing in his style and so changing the uh, spin. the yeah the doctor who theme um could have been just rearranged by a new director mm-hmm so I think that's great. Uh, let's, uh, before we talk about the big uh, elephant in the room, shall we say, uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's go to Ashley with her amazing TARDIS tidbits. She always uh, fills in so much, uh, not just about the episode and the trivia about the episode, but trivia about the trivia of the episode. So <laughs> let's hear Ashley's TARDIS tidbits. This is Ashley's TARDIS Tidbits for Series 4, Episode 1, 
partners in crime. Last seen in the Christmas special, The Runaway Bride, the character of Donna Noble was originally just supposed to be a one-off character. However, Russell T. Davies was so impressed with Catherine Tate's performance that he decided to bring her back as a regular companion. If Donna had not returned, the new companion for series four was to be named Penny Carter. However, with Catherine Tate's return, the character is now reduced to a small minor character in the episode, completely different in personality from that that Russell T. Davies had imagined. In bringing her back, Davies made some slight changes to the character of Donna. She's now, quote, rounded out from being a shouting fishwife to someone who's quite vulnerable and emotional. She was supposed to be more grown up than Rose and Martha. Catherine Tate herself considered Donna to be more equal to the doctor because her character did not romanticize him, which allowed her to question his morality much easier than Rose or Martha. In the scene where Donna reintroduces herself to the doctor, Catherine Tate improved her miming on the spot during filming. The word adipose actually is the scientific term for body fat. It, they were also inspired by a stuffed toy that Russell T. Davies owned, along with his outline describing a cute, child-friendly creature shaped like a block of lard, similar to the Pillsbury Doughboy. Actor Howard Atfield, who played Donna's father in The Runaway Bride, did begin filming some scenes for this episode, but soon became too unwell to continue and unfortunately passed away during the filming of the episode. The episode is now dedicated to in his memory. Bernard Cribbins, who we just saw in the previous episode, Voyage of the Damned, has now been brought back and reestablished as Wilfred, Donna's grandfather. The scene in which our beloved Rose Tyler appears was not included in the version of the episode that the critics were permitted to see before the broadcast. Before it aired on the BBC, only the production team, Catherine Tate and David Tennant had seen the scene. Notice as soon as Rose turns around and reveals her face, the music we hear is from Doomsday, her last appearance at the end of season two. When promoting this episode, David Tennant commented that, quote, on the night of transmission, it'll come as a genuine prickle up the spine. And just some breadcrumbs to notice in this episode. We see windscreen stickers on a few taxis that say Atmos. Hmm, maybe we should remember that. There's also a mention of the bees disappearing and an entire planet that's gone missing. Hmm. Spoilers. I love how she just teases me with information and then <laughs> I have to wait until another episode. But so there's there's the elephant in the room. Yes. I gasped, as did my wife when we watched this episode earlier today, when the person that turns around, the person that Don is like, hey, this woman's going to come and tell you this thing, and it's going to make no sense, but just say this, is Rose, and then she dematerializes? Yep. She just fades away, and that leaves what bin for the keys? Where is where's Donna's mother going to find the keys? Right. Nobody knows where to tell her to go. <laughs> well, and there's there's a sonic 
screwdriver in another bin like well a sonic pen but yeah. a sonic pen yes uh, i mean there's there's a lot of uh, really good stuff to find in british <laughs> like i i might become a british dumpster diver cuz i mean at yeah, least a free car half <laughs> uh, eaten fish and chips everywhere but yeah you're going to get a lot of these stuff. I, I could wear gloves you know yeah, we're yeah. all wearing masks right now you know so I, far <laughs> if i can if i can get a uh if i can get a sonic device out of it that i think that'd be worth it but yeah it so she appears of course you're not going to be able to tell me anything right no not without ruining a whole there bunch of stuff but uh let's just say simply put is what you would expect it's not the only time this season you, this will happen well i uh I cannot wait. Um, I did notice, uh, before Ashley mentioned it, uh, I did notice the sticker on the cab's window. Uh, and mm. I thought, wow, you know, sometimes things are like put right in front of you and they mean nothing in Doctor Who. And sometimes they do. I didn't notice it, but I didn't like think anything of it. It was just like, okay, I, I very clearly saw this thing. And not being a you know British connoisseur of everything, uh, I I don't know what is legitimate and what is you know a, a fabrication of the show. So I I got a little uh, joy uh, as uh, as Ashley mentioned that it was like I did notice that I don't know what it <laughs> means yet I guess but I did notice it. I'm a good yeah. Doctor Who fan. <laughs> I remember seeing it and not thinking anything of it and. You know, I kind of remember what's going to happen, but I'm going to have to go back and rewatch some of these coming up episodes <laughs> because I don't recall exactly what it's all about, but I have a fair idea. Well, <laughs> clearly there's uh, breadcrumbs and spoilers ahead, so oh, yes. I can't wait for more of it. Uh, and uh, I, I, I'm so excited that I'm starring series two or series four. I'm so excited yeah. that you are still hanging in there. Uh, and coming in to to help make sense of these episodes for me, I really do appreciate it. <laughs> well, you know, we can't make perfect sense of everything, but that's life. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is definitely life. And you have, dear listener, made it to the end of yet another fun and exciting first time, Lord. So I want to thank you for your support by just being a listener. And if you want to support the show a little more, why don't you head on over to firsttimelord.com. You can leave a comment on this episode or any episode that we've had so far. Like I mentioned during the recap episode, I would love to have a user or a listener uh, feedback episode just exclusively to talk about what you want to talk about. Uh, that's happened uh, throughout these series and, and certainly what will happen during series four. So let's make that happen. Um, now, if you also want to support us financially and help pay for the hosting and all of the things that go into creating a podcast, check out our merch store, link of which can be found at firsttimelord.com. We've got some awesome, very stylish shirts that are very comfy. We've got iPhone cases, all sorts of stuff that will of course, all help support the podcast itself, or most importantly, share it with a friend. Share the podcast with a friend. We're on Twitter, 
at First Time Lord on Twitter. We are on Facebook. Share the episodes. Share the the podcast. Share the websites. Any way to get more people into watching Doctor Who would be fantastic. And as always, thank you for listening. But I guess I have (laughs) very little time left now. Uh, But to go back, jump into my TARDIS, and watch the next episode of Doctor Who. See you next week, everybody.